Welcome to Define Real. My name is Deborah, and I will share personal stories that will make you question reality. My intention is to inspire you and instill curiosity and magic into your life. I have 42 years of stories to share, so let's begin. Today, I will talk about solitude, which bridges nicely from the last episode about friendships. The thought of being alone for extended periods is not something most humans consider desirable in their lives. I got triggered even thinking about it for most of my life. But now that I've lived in solitude for over three and a half years, I can finally understand why and share my experience. Remember that my intention is never to convince you of anything or to change you in any way. Sharing my experiences with you has been an immense source of healing for me and hopefully a source of inspiration for you. I had moments when I didn't choose to be alone, and because I was too wounded and unaware of my pain, I would do everything to run away from the feelings that being alone brought to the surface. What solitude does to us is to make what is happening inside our minds and hearts evident. When we are alone, a part of ourselves that we constantly shut down with noise, other people, drugs, internet or food finally have space to cover our attention. Something is terrifying about being on our own, something that feels even threatening to what we perceive as stability or reliability. I was in a constant state of escapism from the pain of the memories I carried in me, and being alone in the middle of a desert, sometimes without internet, and not seeing or speaking to another human being for weeks was my worst nightmare. But today, it has become a source of strength, happiness, and peace. That's what I found funny when I finally dared to step into a situation that scared me to my core. It was the solution to all my problems. I told you before, I've jumped from one relationship to another for most of my life, so I didn't really have a lot of opportunities to experience being on my own and having to do with my thoughts until I was in my mid-30s and after going through years of psychological therapy, started to actually need alone time. I needed to isolate periodically to be able to digest all the experiences I was having on a daily. Our lives are so multi-layered and complex nowadays. The outside world is constantly asking for our attention. Because now the entire world is in our pockets, we're constantly being pushed outside ourselves. Just walk at a subway station in any city anywhere in the world and you see the proof of what I'm saying. It reached a point where most people can't even spend a few minutes waiting for a train alone with their thoughts. They have to distract themselves. I see this as an intensification of our collective pain. Because of Einstein's theory of energy and how impactful they are in our lives, I'm always aware of my personal energetic experiences in the collective. We are constantly feeding a hive mind, a network of energies that we feed off and chew it, especially in places with a high concentration of humans. You can feel, for instance, when sometimes you enter the subway station and suddenly feel unease without understanding why. If you are aware of what you're feeling, of course. Most people live in automatic mode and react to whatever field they encounter. They have no autonomy over their minds, much less their energies. I always found it fascinating to observe people's reactions when someone would enter the train talking loudly to themselves. Have you ever met these humans? 
They say every little thing that crosses their minds. No filter. The only difference between them and the other passengers on the train is that most people don't say things out loud. But the constant chattering? That's something for you to reflect on. How much of your time do you spend in internal silence? Most people are not responsible for what they are feeding the hive mind. Just because they're not saying it out loud, it doesn't mean they are not contributing to the collective. Most humans don't take responsibility for what they're projecting into the world. Because they are unaware of their thoughts, they confuse every little noise that crosses their minds for who they are. And because most of their thoughts are painful, they look at their phones instead. When you spend time on your own, without the interference of the energy of another human being, for an extended period, what happens is that you become sensitized. When you learn to detach from the incessant chattering of your mind and give attention to the rest of your body, which for Western civilization seems to be the most challenging thing in the world, you realize how complex and mysterious you are as a human being. The more time I live in this way, the less complicated my life has become. And when this simplicity took me over, I expanded beyond anything I could ever expect of myself. I could, for instance, work better through some of my most painful memories and heal them, accept whatever happened to me, and forgive the unforgivable. I understood that joy and peace are more important than being right. To be in nature as much as possible is what makes me truly happy, not having thousands of people following me on social media. Most importantly, I realized I could communicate, connect, and interact with every living thing around me. And I mean everything. My solitude journey started with the pandemic. After finally leaving the most abusive relationship I've ever been in, I realized that it was time for me to take control of my life. I decided that I didn't want to cover my pain with any kind of distraction ever again, even if it hurt, even if I had to spend the rest of my life alone and trying. I didn't care anymore. I was done lying to myself. Because we were all in lockdown in Berlin and I was already living in a flat by myself, I had the opportunity to plunge into solitude fully. I believe this is something the authorities didn't anticipate that they would be helping many people wake up to their own strength by locking us all down. They thought they would control me, but created the perfect circumstances for me to grow and mature. They actually freed me from my own distractions. And I'm not the only one who had this experience. I know many people where this surprising turn of events unfolded for them too. There is a Japanese sentence, I think it's from Zen teachings, that says that difficulties create a diamond out of you. By going through the most intense internal pressures, we discover what is truly meaningful and precious about us. The most difficult, scary experiences for me was the prospect of being utterly alone in an apartment, spending three years completely isolated from everyone and everything. I spent birthdays and holidays all by myself. My 40th birthday, an occasion when most people throw the biggest party, I spent alone, eating a tiny pop cake I ordered online. Some friends sent me a few gifts in the post, and I celebrated alone. I wasn't actually sad. I was overwhelmed by the discovery I had just made. I felt like I was clicking into a life my soul had been waiting to live. It strengthened me. It challenged me as well, for sometimes I had to deal with traumatic triggers that were still lingering in my mind. 
but I took it one day at a time and slowly and sometimes painfully grew through it. My life improved and all the things that kept me stuck and wanting to look at my phone or getting to yet another relationship were dissolved for me. I had never felt this kind of freedom before. Freedom from myself, the most important kind of freedom. From my pain, my traumas, and the beliefs constructed through the pains and traumas. Freedom from needing anybody else to complete me or to be any different than they were to make me feel safe. Freedom from expecting the world to accept me for who I am as a coping mechanism for not being accepted by my biological mother. Through solitude, I gained the freedom to exist in the world however I wanted. And it's a process that doesn't end, by the way. Writing and reading these words to you is another expression of my freedom. Because I don't need anyone to believe me anymore thanks to my solitude. I'm kinder to myself and learn to consistently and continually expand this quality for me and as a consequence to others. For the past year, I've been slowly balancing out my solitude, my need to be entirely on my own, with bursts of socializing with others. For instance, while living in the Atacama Desert, I spent weeks alone in the middle of nowhere without internet. I relished in the company of the birds, the insects, the plants, the sun and the stars. I embraced my own company, cooked good meals for myself and danced to my favorite songs on repeat. I parented myself, ensuring I was physically and mentally well-fed, clothed and clean. In that process, I filled my energy and let the fullness of my simplicity take me over. Then I went back into the hive mind and into group dynamics, sometimes visiting spots around the desert, sometimes meditating with someone who invited me. I spent some time in a place where people rented tents for us to sleep in. The place was surrounded by beautiful trees and nature. I met people with whom I had meaningful and deep conversations. When people discover I live as a nomadic hermit, they get curious and ask me questions. They tell me very personal stories without me having to ask. And because I'm strong in my simplicity, I have space to empathize with them without going into the people-pleasing or saving modes I used to go into automatically. I offer them what I can provide without depleting myself in the process. And I contribute to human kindness in this way. They always come back afterwards, sometimes giving me presents like a piece of cake they made or a beautiful crystal they had in their collection. They sometimes tell me how they speak with their whole families about the things we discuss and how that causes a chain of reaction of closeness between them. They also reflect on solitude and carry that spark in themselves. One of them once told me they were making the necessary changes to live like me. They felt inspired to do the same. And who knows whom they will inspire afterward too. It's a chain reaction that nobody can predict or control, and I love that. And then, after interacting in this way, I go back into seclusion. As I've mentioned, solitude also sensitized other senses in my body. The more time I spend on my own and in silent contemplation, the more I feel the subtler aspects of my existence. For instance, I've developed an unexplainable connection with birds in this process. It wasn't something I intended to happen. It just did as a consequence of my stillness. I have many stories about birds to share with you and will do in other episodes. Still, whenever I'm alone nowadays, birds follow me around. They enter my house and spend time looking at me. 
Have you ever connected with a free bird this way? It does something to me. Their consciousness is so present and alert, it triggers those same qualities in me. And as I write this, a dove is flying inside my kitchen, looking at me and going outside. It's the third time they do that. They want me to go out and play. I can also feel certain presences around me. And now is one of those moments where I will push your boundaries of what you might think is real. And that's okay if you don't believe me. As I said before, I grew up with nobody believing anything I had to say. And in a way, I think that was preparing me for the stories I have to share now. For the past three years, especially when I went into solitude, I incorporated mindfulness into my life, meaning I'm always in meditative contemplation. I live now, let's say, 95% of the time in a state of awareness of everything. I watch and accept all the thoughts that run through my mind. I'm completely detached from them and I don't let them dictate the actions I take on my days. I am also aware of all the emotions that run through me, caused mainly by the thoughts that pass through my head. After years of practicing daily, I can now sit down and deal with anything that can happen inside me. Any trigger, fear, doubt or confusion that might visit me gets attention from me and is taken care of immediately. I never let negative states fester in me without giving them attention. I never distract myself from them anymore. And that sounds utopic to most people, and I understand why. It takes tremendous inner strength and resilience to get to this point. But because my life was a nightmare, I got motivated to change. (laughs) That's what is funny about my life experiences. They were so incredibly dark and painful that I couldn't deny them for very long. They forced me to either crack up and give up, which I seriously consider at some point, and I will tell you these stories to one day, or to overcome them and become free. I'm glad I had the strength to choose the second alternative. Otherwise, I would never tell you these stories. I would have been done long ago. As I increased my awareness and became sensible to the subtle aspects of my humanness, I started to feel other presences around me. And no, they are not dead people. It's not that kind of presence. Even though as a child, I saw people that the adults told me were not there. I feel the presence of multidimensional entities. Beings that live in other dimensions that are not the 3D where our awareness currently resides. Everything we perceive around us as being solid and materialized is nothing but a bunch of particles vibrating at a rate that our eyes can see and our physical bodies can touch. I believe we are purposefully being distracted away from ourselves. We are told solitude and freedom are unwelcomed states of existence. In this way, we don't get to the same conclusions I've been getting over the last few years. Because if we all started to live the way I'm living now, the world would shift so fast, it would be terrible for the system. For me, that's the solution to our problems. To realize that we've been trapped into believing things that are not entirely true by people who never felt happy or free a moment of their lives and thus, obviously, do not want anyone else to feel this way. I'm not going into details in this episode about the beings I've started interacting with because they deserve many episodes about them. I realized they've been with me my whole life. They're the ones that kept me alive. What I want you to take away from this episode is that solitude can open you up to understanding certain aspects of life on Earth that are not mainstream 
and conveniently denied, ridiculed, and suppressed. When we open ourselves up to understanding who we are without limits, without outside inputs, when we give ourselves enough space and time to figure out our existence on our own terms, life will prove to be way more magical and multidimensional than you could ever anticipate. Human beings are incredibly complex and layered, and we have been purposefully denied the right to explore those aspects of ourselves by tribal mentality, by the mainstream, and mainly now by the scientific community, which, in my opinion, is as corrupted and rotten as all the other communities sustained by our fading oppressive system. Solitude is the doorway to this realization, the understanding of your existence in the world, apart from what society wants you to conform to and obey. I have no better solution if you ever feel like taking a leap into an adventure that will expand you and bring meaning to your life. Embrace solitude, and you won't need anyone to understand your place in the world anymore. You will discover it for yourself. From personal experience, I assure you, nothing that the world can offer you will ever get close to the bliss you encounter if you take this chance. But again, you don't need me to prove this to you. Embrace solitude and prove it to yourself. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some food for your soul. Don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends, and stick around for the next one. Until then, stay curious, keep your mind open, and your heart soft. Thank you.